Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Kavaza, and for today, we do get into a discussion about uh, the circular economy and, uh, you know, all the things that are there and why uh, the sector is, uh, you know, fertile ground, uh, you know, for South African entrepreneurship because uh, we are talking about, uh, you know, the theme of sustainability uh, because that is something that we've actually been exploring uh, quite a bit on this platform and a lot of the time when we talk about uh, sustainability people are talking about uh, the social aspects people are talking about governance issues and people are usually talking about the environmental so um, one of the terms that gets thrown around is ESG and we've actually spoken to a lot of people previously particularly investors you know that are demanding more and more uh, that the companies that they do invest in have an agenda uh, around being better corporate citizens uh, of some sort. Uh, we are going to be talking about that uh, for today with uh, Catherine uh, Catherine Weinberg, who is uh, the CEO of uh, Fetola, and just to get a sense um, around you know what they are doing on that end. So for today, uh, Catherine, how are you today? Hi there, Madiwa. Great to join you. Now, all good. Uh, great to be starting this fantastic year 2022. So, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to good times ahead. Now, we're definitely looking forward to having this discussion with you. And I think maybe a good place uh, for us to start is getting a sense of Fetola itself, you know, especially for people that have not uh, perhaps um, done work or encountered your, your organization. What, do you, what is it that you guys do? Yeah, thanks, uh, Madiwa. Yeah, so Fatola, it's simple, really. We're passionate about building businesses that last. And we do that by running incubators for small businesses all across South Africa. So at the moment, we have four of them. Uh, one is our SAB Foundation Talawana program that focuses on businesses in the rural and um, township locations. We then also have a social enterprise um, lab, which is funded by FNB. And that's really exciting, uh, supporting social enterprise, which in this business climate is, uh, is really critical because one of the things it does is provide opportunities for people that don't, aren't yet employed. And so it really builds value into, into communities uh, that are outside the, um, outside kind of the economic, economic forum. And then uh, we've got a new youth uh, startup lab starting uh, next month, which is also very, very exciting. Uh, building opportunities for aspiring young entrepreneurs. We know there are so many millions of young people without jobs and opportunity. And so that really takes that entrepreneurship spark and helps them to grow. And then the fourth one is our circular economy accelerator. And there what we're doing is building opportunity for businesses that either are already sustainable, already have a focus on circular economy, or would like to pivot in order to do that. So essentially, that's what we do um, in, in various other forms. Everything we do is about building businesses that last. Now, with everything that you've just uh, spoken to us about, and especially your 
um, different focus areas that you've just mentioned. You said there's some of the programs are around things like uh, social entrepreneurship. Some of them are around the circular economy. And for today, it's the circular economy that we want to focus on. So maybe you could define for us, you know, what we mean uh, by uh, the, the the circular economy. You know, as an economist, when I hear a word like that, um, I think about the fact that literally um, the way that the economy works is uh, literally one thing leads to another. There's literally a knock-on effect. Nothing works in a vacuum. You know, everything exists because of something else. At least that's the way we, we are taught it. You know, so maybe in practicality, when you're dealing with your corporate clients and small businesses, etc., you know, how are you guys attacking or thinking about um, what the circular economy is? It's such a good question. You know, this is really about jargon, isn't it? And uh, we come up with these words that we think make sense, but outside of this little circle, it's uh, it's meaningless. The circular economy is a form of sustainable business. And by that, we mean sustainable from an environmental point of view. Um, so the circular economy is different from uh, recycling. So we're in South Africa very familiar with recycling. We know that there are, there's an entire industry of waste pickers and recyclers, whether it's tin cans or paper or plastic. Uh, but the circular economy is a form of sustainability that goes much further than that. And it's actually a very exciting one from a business perspective and from a climate and environment perspective. And in short, the circular economy is a is a is a concept or a movement that designs out waste. So whereas in uh, just generally we think about recycling in circular economy, you you're building inefficiencies. So right in the beginning, you say instead of creating a whole load of plastic uh, waste from packaging maybe, and which is then recycled, you say let's design out that waste. So right in the beginning, you say how do you relook? at the way that you design your products or design your packaging so that you can reduce or even completely eliminate plastic. So there isn't the need to recycle it. And so essentially that's the that's what circular economy in this context means. It means creating, you never, so you never recreate new products. So for another example um, would be uh, in the metals. So instead of constantly going and mining copper in order to make product that goes to waste, you say once you've mined the copper, you keep that you keep that copper product in 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 circulation. So you're keeping products in circulation and eliminating in eliminating waste in in all of its forms. Does that make sense? No, no, it it certainly does. But one of the things that immediately comes to my mind as you're talking, especially the way that you say design out waste, uh, I get the sense that we we. Are sort of talking about a ground up sort of approach where one sort of looks at business processes or looks at a business and looks at uh, you know how do we make sure that you know we design a process that is already i guess limiting whatever whatever would have been recycled instead of us you know using that thing and then throwing it away later, let's design a process that, you know, just makes sure that we're being efficient from the get-go. I don't know, am I understanding that part correctly? That's absolutely right, Madhuwa. Um, so a lot of it, so a lot of the starting points when we point, uh, point when we work with small businesses is exactly that. So it's, it's process re-engineering. So it's stopping and saying, um, okay, let's have a look at the way that you do your processes. Let's redesign them so that you've eliminated waste. And a classic example would be 
um, in um, a business that may be in, in, in timber. So maybe they're in timber production. So they, um, they, take, they take trees and they make it into furniture. And they have a lot of waste um, with, their, with their shavings. And so, so traditionally, shavings are actually a waste or a problem. You have to pay to get rid of them or you have to burn them. Um, what you may be doing then in process reengineering is having a look and saying, okay, so how could you redesign the cutting so that you eliminate those wastes? Um, and then secondly, how could you reuse the waste? And there you might um, turn, uh, turn, turn that, uh, that off, those, um, that, those shavings into briquettes. Fire, you know, um, fire briquettes, or you may turn them, compress them into things like toilet seats, or you may find a whole different product opportunity for the waste, so that ultimately through process re-engineering, there is no waste because everything is reused and, and repurposed or purposed. I think one of the biggest difficulties when people um, have these discussions about ESG um, is the fact that, and especially when you know, a lot of the conversation started, you know, maybe about a decade ago, we really started, you know, hearing some whisperings of ESG. And now, you know, it really seems to be something that's uh, at the fore. And for some, it seems to be just a tick box exercise just to be like, guys, see, look over there, we've got some ESG, it's happening, you know, we are taking care of uh, the environmental, the social and governance issues, we've ticked the box. Uh, but you really seem to be hinting at the fact that this can actually add you know, business value. So maybe you could talk to us about the business case, especially uh, because, you know, a lot of our audience are business people and they might be wondering just from a, you know, rands and cents point of view, right? Like, how am I actually benefiting, you know, in an actual sense from something like this? Yeah, that's so important, Madiba. Let me just give a little bit of history here. Um, so we started about five or six or seven years ago with our first uh, green projects, our sustainability projects. Um, and, uh, and there we found that it was very easy to find small businesses or small, uh, the own entrepreneurs that were really passionate about uh, going green. They were passionate about sustainability, saving the planet, et cetera. And then what they found was that everybody's passionate about it but they're not prepared to put their hand in their pocket. And that was a big problem. So they got these small guys really doing good things. They kind of, you know, they're, mad, they're, they're, they're really passionate and their, their market won't pay. And so what's different for me and exciting for me about circular economy is as a business practitioner, as a kind of growth specialist, I'm really, unless your business is viable, unless your business is profitable, it doesn't survive. And so what's exciting about circular economy, it is all this thing about being, being efficient, cutting out, cutting out waste, being cost efficient. And so for me, it cross cuts. It doesn't matter where you are in the, in the kind of value chain, whether you're your end user, your massive corporate, or whether you're the small guy just developing the product. It's meaningful all the way through. I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is that globally, the demand from consumers is increasing increasingly looking for product that is, is environmentally and socially um, valuable. You know, consumers, you see, not quite so much in South Africa, but it is already starting here. Definitely in Europe, people are voting with their feet. They're saying, I don't want to purchase from these guys because they're completely, they, they, they have no um, view to the climate. They're just using petroleum products or they're wasting or, you know, or on a social side, 
you know, they're using slave labor. And so what you're finding more and more in this world of social enterprise and individual citizen acti activism and citizen um, yeah, mobilization, that uh, corporates actually starting to take notice and recognizing that uh, their cons consumers are starting to very much drive the future where consumers are deciding, will I buy from these guys? Are they sustainable or not? And so for me, uh, both from a cost efficiency, which makes it exciting, but because it's responding to uh, a current and growing demand from consumers, it becomes uh, imperative. Okay, so I, I guess that I guess signals that shift, um, you know, that you're talking about to say that uh, on the one hand, you've got the entrepreneurs, some of whom are passionate, uh, but, you know, at the moment, that's also being met by uh, consumers who themselves are now asking increasing questions about, you know, how sustainable is your operation or how did you, you know, make this, you know, how, what's your environmental impact and all of that. Um, and I think, especially if signals are coming from consumers, I guess that's a big, um, you know, imperative that does, uh, you know, come from uh, what you call this, that does come from uh, um, the businesses themselves. So maybe you could then talk to us, um, especially small businesses, because like you said, traditionally in the past, at least, this was something that people um, weren't really keen uh, to dip into their pockets on. Um, but, you know, when you are talking to small businesses, how, what are you saying to them as a way to, um, I guess, because when you're talking to me, it sounds like, you know, someone could probably design their business in a way. But I'm now thinking about someone who's maybe thinking about starting a business and they want to implement something like this. Um, is this going to be something that um, I have, you know, big costs at the beginning and then over time I'm saving costs? Or is this uh, one of those things where we can be, we can start up with lower startup costs and then maintain that type of thing? Thanks. Thanks, Madiwa. Um, yeah, important question there. I think two points. One is because you're talking about efficiency and the whole process of circular economy is process re-engineering to eliminate waste. If you have an existing business, it makes good business sense to look at becoming circular. Um, again, just if you even took out, took out the jargon of so, social economy, you took out any of the do-gooding kind of site, climate um, uh, process, it makes good business sense, period. I think if somebody's wanting to start a new business, what I love, I'm personally a, a kind of lean startup specialist. I've started many businesses in my life. Um, and uh, I, I like to be able to do that without huge investments. I'm fairly risk-averse as, as an entrepreneur. And so the nice thing about the, the circular economy is that there are lots of opportunities to start circular economy businesses that do not require huge, huge investments, uh, which is also why it makes it very interesting for township-based businesses or for small, um, uh, for, for small startups. And I'll give a couple of examples about that. So the thing with the circular economy, the idea is to keep a product in motion so that it never goes to the dump. And so around that, there are all sorts of business models about repair and, and um, exchange, so plat platforms uh, for sharing. So I'll give a simple example. Maybe um, maybe you have a baby. You have a baby now. You need, you know, everybody needs a pushchair. Good heavens, you know how expensive they are. So, But instead of now everybody having to go out and buy a new pushchair, you could create a business that allowed you to um, to to re to reshare a sharing platform for um, baby items. So whether it's pushchairs or or car seats or, or whatever, 
And so uh, the cost of setting up that up is really fairly minimal. It would require you in its very basic form. It could be community-based. You don't even have to have a website. You would just by word of mouth say, I've started a business. Please come um, and bring your products and, and, and we'll have an exchange process. Or you could put it onto a website and there, you know, develop it further. Um, so, so it's those, you know, there are many, um, yeah, there are many ways to to start with the circular economy business that is a really low startup cost. Does that answer your question? No, it certainly does. And one of the questions that it does bring is that because um, what do you call this? Uh, the way that you said it at the you know uh, at the beginning to just to say that it makes good business sense. Um, one just asked the natural question of you know why have we not been preaching this gospel you know for uh, you know for a longer time? Um, because I think we've been bowing at the altar of capitalism, um, and and I mean that's and you say you're an economist. We could have had a whole half hour conversation about where's the economy going. Capitalism hasn't served us. Socialism doesn't serve us. Where's what's the future? So I think this is this is maybe part of it. Um, but I think that we've been, um, you know, face it, civilization. We've we've not seen the the results, uh, the consequences of our actions. And now with the as a result of I think as a result of the COVID pandemic, you know, we've really been focused uh, in this period about um, how we are are rapidly creating um, a no return on our on the environment. And I think that for the first time, we're really having to face this. And I'm finding, so my um, uh, my children um, you know, in their late 20s and early 30s are really concerned about it. Their future is a threat. And so what you're seeing is more and more of the young population are saying, wow, if we don't do something about this, um, we're really in trouble. Um, and so I think it's two things. I think that we are in the process globally of divine, de, de, uh, defining a new economic way of being. And um, and why didn't we do it in the past? Maybe because we didn't have to. Um, and it, and it wasn't it there wasn't a consumer drive for it. Uh, but I would agree with you. Why didn't we do it? And why didn't we do it in the past? I think one of the things. Sorry to 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 just go on here. I mean, one of the things I've just given you the example of recycling uh, pushchairs, baby pushchairs. Of course, the person in this conversation that's not happy is the pushchair manufacturer. Um, and then the question comes: Oh well, you know, what about the jobs that are being lost now because you're not making new pushchairs? But part of the circular economy is that you create a new swathe of jobs, and those are in the repair, uh, in the repair and in the maintenance of those uh, of those products. So the same thing with cell phones. I don't know about you, but I think I have a desk full, of, a drawer full of cell phones that don't work or they half work and you get a new one. I mean, that's also ridiculous that you can't, so many of these things you cannot repair. And so I think the new way going forward is that um, products, products almost morally should be able to be repaired. Um, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have planned obsolescence where you buy it, you use it, and you throw it in the trash. Um, so, Catherine, I really like uh, you know what you've just touched on, you know, right now, and I want to lean into it a little bit um, because you're bringing in this issue of sort of the vested interests, and those tend to exist in almost any industry, manufacturing. You know, we've seen, we always see them in places like the U.S., the United States. We hear of things like lobbying. You know, people trying to protect, you know, their piece of the market, um, their particular processes. 
etc um so from your point of view and especially because um you have such a big uh, push um on the small businesses do you find any pushback from some of the more established players who might um see some of the you know some of the new ways that you guys are developing and crafting as being a threat you know to their way of uh, doing business yeah that's a, that's a good point madiwa i think there's three there's three basic responses you're going to get those people that resist it so that are really offended by it and either will attack um you're going to get those people that do greenwashing so they kind of think it's a nice idea to be sustainable or to look good um and they kind of fake it fake it up that they that they are uh, sustainable and then you get those few that really embrace it and obviously uh, we look for those that embrace it i think those that are resisting and are giving pushback um their time will come because i really believe that consumers are going to drive this uh, are going to drive this future um and certainly what i'm noticing is that so i've got a strong contacts in in the, in europe in corporates in europe and they are scrambling to get their sustainability part of the scorecard sorted you know there's a huge push in europe to say they recognize that they need to get their ducks in a row very quickly and we're finding increasingly i just had an interesting conversation yesterday actually with tiger brands and they also are really getting their sustainability um uh, side of their scorecard in place and we are finding more and more in south africa the leading brands the leading organizations in south africa are starting to recognize it's really an imperative and they need to do it and they need to do it properly and so we're really heartened by that because you can never be all things to all people but we do believe that there's a very strong and growing and 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 strong movement amongst the large corporate players to uh, to make sure sustainability is really uh, done well in their in their organization and that will certainly trickle down to uh, to consumers and to the small businesses that that we help to build yeah no most certainly it will be interesting to see um you know how all of that develops uh but uh as we come to sort of uh, the tail end of today's conversations i wanted to maybe circle back uh to where we began today's conversation um where you were talking about the fact that uh circular economy is one of the focus areas that you guys have and as such you guys do have an accelerator for it and for me because um i also come from uh, the tech technology media and telecoms background when we hear accelerators we're usually thinking of you know your technology startups and that type of thing uh so maybe you could talk to us you know when you guys say you have a circular economy accelerator um you know what what does something like that uh, you know actually entail um so certainly two things what is an accelerator so an accelerator is a in our context is a wrap around support program that would identify we like to identify entrepreneurs that are really passionate and um purposeful about growth they want to grow they have a good idea they either have an established business um that they want to scale or they have an early stage business that they want to really um get up on its feet and they are looking to grow something of impact so that's the that's the starting point and then from an accelerator we've learned so we've been doing this for over 15 years i've been an entrepreneur for for more than 30 and my entire team are entrepreneurs themselves so we really understand the pain points of entrepreneurship um everybody wishes that they could do, be doing better every entrepreneur has frustrations every entrepreneur has their weaknesses and their fears and the nice thing about coming on with an accelerator is that you helped 
to grow as a leader, to build your confidence as a leader, and then to help you to plug what we call the holes in the, the bucket. You know, every, every, you know, nobody's a full box of chocolates and no business is completely perfect. And so we help entrepreneurs to identify where the gaps are in their businesses, what are the holes that need to be plugged, and then put in place those strategies and those support mechanisms to be able to help them to close those. Um, so the other thing on top of that is um, what we find that people really, uh, really enjoy and, and, and really get the most from is these peer connections. So uh, uh, the people come into, uh, into the accelerators are in touch with other people that um, are just the same as them. So they may be from very different sectors, but people have got similar problems, similar challenges, and really uh, build support, peer-to-peer support mechanisms. And then maybe the last thing that is of real value is that in in an accelerator, with your mentor and with the program managers, is you have an accountability partner. Because as you probably know, if you've ever wanted to lose weight, we always have this intention of losing weight, but we kind of get lost along the way. It's the same thing with building a business. We all want to build these amazing businesses and we have these plans and we have the strategies. And then we get so busy along the way that we kind of get lost and maybe we don't we don't deliver. And so the nice thing with an accelerator, it is also this accountability partner. So you have to help people helping you to do it, but helping you to be keep accountable so that at the end of the period, you really have made the progress that you dream of. And uh, speaking of period, uh, because most of the time when we when we refer to accelerators, there's usually uh, a, a set sort of time frame uh, that's usually attached to such programs. Um, in your case, you know how you know what does the commitment look like? Um, you know, for entrepreneurs that do join. So, so um, again, over the years, we've tested different models, and what we found is the most effective for really meaningful, um, meaningful change is eighteen months. So, it is an eighteen-month program. Uh, um, in that process, uh, different businesses move at different um, uh, different speeds. I think it's like breathing in and breathing out. There might be somebody that's ready to run forward and, and make immediate uh, progress, and they can do that. There are others that just maybe need to take a pause and, uh, you know, kind of do some introspective before they make progress. But what we find, it, it is an 18-month program, and in that, they, while there are some, um, uh, some common processes, there are, like, there are five kind of four fun- core fundamentals, each business is encouraged and enabled to grow at the speed that is most relevant for them. Yeah, no, I, I like the fact that you do bring that up because that's what I was literally going to ask to say um, at the end of the period, how do you judge uh, the fact that a business has been able to really advance the way that um, it was intended to? Because um, at least in the world of technology, someone can say, OK, fine, we took them from early stage and we got them to a series A funding round and then from there we let go you know we're able to do that so how do you sort of judge yourselves you know from that point of view so again you know again for me as a business owner and having worked with thousands of other businesses every business is different and i think it's really important in a meaningful acceleration program that they are allowed to grow at the pace and the pace and the direction that is meaningful for them And so what does success look like depends on the business. So sometimes it may be that they've raised funding. Others, it may be that they've got um, a a new range of of clients. Uh, Others, that it may be that they've doubled, tripled, or even quadrupled their turnover. It depends on the individual business. 
But if in 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 broad strokes, we look for we look for two things: we look for revenue growth, um, and we look for, in our case, jobs growth. Because obviously, as South Africa, yes, the climate's important, and yes, creating businesses is important. But fundamentally, we need to be a job creating uh, environment. And so, in our case, those are kind of the two the two main ones. We would look to say: did they grow with revenue, and did they grow with jobs? And then obviously there's a, a, another subset. So in, in this case, it would be also what was the change in their environmental footprint? So how, how, how circular did they, be, they become? So I think uh, a, a good point for us to then end on with everything that uh, we've spoken about, and I think it will sort of tie everything up nicely, is um, from, you know, from your point of view as someone who's dealing with this almost on a daily basis and uh, maybe zooming out a bit, looking at uh, what's going on in the broad market, um, if you were to do an assessment and someone said, you know, Catherine, can you rate uh, South African businesses on ES and G uh, to say, you know, out of these three factors that we usually focus on when it comes to sustainability, what are SA businesses doing well on? Is it is it that we've been able to hit the nail on all three? Is it the fact that we've been able to do well on the environment part, or are we lacking on the social? How how do you see um, you know our 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 I guess that macro approach uh, to ESG? Sure, that's a difficult one. Eh? You'll have to, uh, you'll, uh, if you pay me a, a few million bucks, I'll give you the answer. Um, but just from my opinion, I think that we weak on environment. It's not a high priority in South Africa. We have we have much higher social priorities. I think certainly, if in broad strokes in South Africa, corporate South Africa has changed has chased profit. They really have chased profit over everything else. Um, I think that there's this wake up call. Um, when we look at the riots of last year, um, those guys that have just looked uh, locked up to their own bottom line have suddenly got to wake up. And that, that then means, okay, hack, actually, hang on, we need to solve the social. Um, and without a doubt, environment is, is a kind of a third, is the uh, third in the line, because in South Africa, we have this, other, this higher opportunity of uh, a higher need for social. Um, I do think, yeah, um, that would be my simple answer. Um, environment in South Africa is the uh, is very much the poor uh, the poor third. Okay, cool. So that's been it. We were talking to uh, to Catherine Weinberg, who is the CEO of Fatola. They are specialists uh, when it comes to supporting, uh, especially small businesses. They have a number of different thrusts um, in their different accelerator programs. She spoke to us about uh, you know the fact that uh, they do social uh, social entrepreneurship. Uh, but uh, today's conversation we were uh, centered around the circular economy which just has to do um, with uh, making sure that business processes are as, are as sustainable as possible and instead of looking at it as a, as a nice to have or as a tick box exercise uh, Catherine is actually just saying that um, there is a there is a uh, business imperative uh, that is involved there and the fact that um, you can do process re-engineering because that's what she's talking about to say, you know, just recrafting um, business processes if it's an existing process. But, you know, I guess designing a business from the ground up for businesses that are starting up, you know, to... Um, to what's it called to to engender all of these different aspects in them. She's actually saying it just makes good business sense, um, you know, f 
from the get-go. So that was, uh, you know, the main thrust. And also just getting into uh, a little bit around uh, some of the issues as to, you know, why, you know, we haven't been preaching this particular gospel. And uh, I think the verdict on that front was the fact that I guess the way that capitalism has traditionally worked um, hadn't taken into consideration some of these factors. Also then uh, going on to talk about what it means to accelerate, uh, you know, businesses in a uh, circular economy, you know, point of view and, you know, their thinking around, you know, supporting businesses and they found the sweet spot to be around 18 months from their point of view and then giving us, uh, you know, where they are actually judging themselves because she does say that all businesses are unique. Um, so those KPIs or those points uh, around, you know, what you're looking at are different, but two of the things that they look at is revenue growth as well as, um, yeah, revenue growth as well as employment. And then just ending off on the just to, taking a broad look. And she's actually saying that uh, because of South Africa's makeup, um, we found ourselves to be in a situation where the social issues have really come to the fore when you look at ESG. Uh, but, you know, the one that has been neglected up to this point is the environment. And one hopes that uh, a lot more efforts will be taken to address those issues. So, Catherine, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Madiba. Uh, maybe just as a last, I'd really like to invite small businesses that are either in circular economy or wish to pivot into that to please make contact with us. We are we have actually just opened the applications for our circular economy uh, program. And then obviously any corporates that are wanting to make sustainability a really important and uh, valuable part of their offering, I'd also be delighted to have a chat and, and see how we can uh, work together on that. And on that, maybe you can just give us a website. Certainly. The website is www.fatola.co.za. And uh, you could also email me directly. You'll get me uh, on info at fatola.coza and just mark it for attention, Catherine. All right. So you heard it right there. If you are interested in engaging with the team, uh, those are some of the contact details, www.fetola.co.za. And also there was the email that is info at fetola.co.za. So that's where we end off. It's been quite an interesting, uh, it's been quite an interesting uh, discussion uh, for today. This is Mudiwa's Take. It's quite fascinating to see how far the concept of ESG, environmental, social and governance issues has actually come, um, you know, since it was, you know, seen as, you know, something that was fringe, you know, just a few years ago. I often talk about um, learning about this stuff in school, but now actually seeing how far it's gone and, you know, seeing big investors all now demanding and now you see more of the listed companies being concerned about these things, entire sections. Um, in annual reports being dedicated um, to all the efforts that companies are making um, to increase um, their their scorecard on all the different factors um, that we're talking about. It's really great uh, from that point of view. Well, one of the things that I appreciate the most about a conversation uh, like the one that we've just had today with Catherine is the fact that um, it's sort of stepping out from the world of a tick box exercise are nice to have uh, to being a business imperative or to just simply say that um, 
taking on or you know adhering to some of these different concepts um, is actually just good business practice it's something that reduces costs it's something that's increasing profitability and even the fact that uh, for their accelerator, uh, they are looking at uh, something like revenue growth as one of the ways that they judge the success um, of uh, their program. I think stuff like that can help it to be progressive because most of the time in business, people only um, ever take things seriously um, when there's... Uh, there is that push from consumers which we did speak about but more importantly if there is a compelling business case um, around that thing so you know seeing some of these models coming to the fore it's really you know it's really great to see there what is going to be interesting is uh, how the development actually works for the different factors because of the socioeconomic uh, makeup of South Africa to say, how do we, I guess, shift um, to making sure that issues of um, the environment are being taken care of as much as um, issues of um, issues of social responsibility um right to just so that you have that ability to be inclusive and to be holistic um when you look at investments when you're looking at business processes governance has really come to the fore and i think the zondo commission in south africa is just a good case study of you know why um governance needs to be taken care of and why that has become an imperative when people think about things like um the king codes of governance uh, king one two uh three all of those things right so you see that um already having practical business implications so what's actually going to be the tipping point you know on the environment side what's actually going to cause uh businesses uh you know organizations government citizens to actually say guys we need to do more for the environment in south africa you know very interesting and we're waiting to see how all of that develops over time And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcasts on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.